and I said, can you please check for measles? The latest on the measles outbreak, why the mother in a new case says doctors were too slow in diagnosing her child. It should never have been him. Why the family of a man shot and killed in Kamloops says he wasn't meant to be the target. People of West Vancouver do not want their roads closed. And the protest against TransLink wanting to bring in Beeline buses to West Vancouver. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, as Metro Vancouver deals with a measles outbreak tonight, the mother of one of two new confirmed cases says health officials took too long to diagnose her child. The mother wants to make it clear. As a result, her child didn't know others were being exposed to the highly contagious disease. Jill Bennett has our top story. Full-blown rash almost on the entire body. This is the rash the patient, who asked not to be identified, presented with at the Delta Hospital ER on February 20th. The patient was told it was likely a reaction to medication for an earlier misdiagnosis of strep throat and sent home. But I disagreed with that and I said, can you please check for measles? Because the amount of rash on the body was so severe that it just didn't seem reasonable that it could be anything else. The patient was then taken by a parent to St. Paul's Hospital. As soon as they entered the ER, they were put in isolation and masks. Because of the presentation, it was completely obvious to them that something is wrong. Measles confirmation came the next day, which is rare as the individual says they have been fully vaccinated against the disease. The case is not related to the other nine measles cases linked to French schools. That's concerning for health officials. With this final case, we don't have that link, so there is a chance that we're missing some transmission in the community. The list of areas where people may have been exposed to measles because of this case on February 17th and 18th includes a Starbucks on one road in Richmond, Dave's Fish and Chips in Steveston, a McDonald's in Squamish, and the Scandinav Spa in Whistler. This person did not go around knowingly go to public places and, and with being contagious, it was not something that they knew about. The ER departments at St. Paul's and Delta Hospitals are not on the list because both health authorities say people who may have been exposed at those locations have been notified. Additional clinics are now being held for vaccinations or booster shots. It's advised anyone who may have been exposed and isn't protected against measles do so. Jill Bennett, Global News. And if you are looking to get vaccinated this weekend, we do have posted a list of immunisation clinics. Uh, They are up on our website. Just go to globalnews.ca slash BC. Now, Fraser Health has also closed the pools at Harrison Hot Springs. This is after reports of users developing a rash. The resort's website states that all five mineral pools are closed until Monday. Fraser Health launching an investigation as well after receiving two separate reports, one in January and another one this month, of people getting a rash after spending time in the pools. The complainants had a rash consistent with symptoms related to a multi-drug-resistant bacteria. Water samples have now been sent to the BC Centre for Disease Control for testing. 
Police are investigating a rollover crash that happened in Pitt Meadows. This happened on Old Dudney Trunk Road this afternoon. The driver suffered minor injuries and is said to be in a stable condition. The crash took out a power pole and a BC Hydro crew was called in to restore power. There is no word yet on what caused that to happen. Firefighters and police have moved in on the homeless tent city in Maple Ridge, known as Anita's Place, in an attempt to make it safer. Ridge Meadows RCMP say they are now enforcing a court injunction that was issued earlier this month to improve public safety. There have been at least half a dozen fires at the site, but residents and their supporters say they're concerned about rights being violated, including the mother of Anita Hauk, who died getting caught in a donation bin in Pitt Meadows four years ago. This tent city is named after her. This place would be successful. Um, I think that uh, the way that it's handled now, it's not right. They could have done it a different way. Um, people should realize that the homeless people are people and they're citizens and they do not need to be treated other worse than animals. All right, I think we are going to move on to the fact that uh, the weather today, um, a slight return of snow. Let's show you what we saw today this morning. Not quite what we saw a few weeks ago, but there was a brief spell of some pretty strong snowflakes uh, pelting down. It didn't last very long. A few people did get caught, though, in that slight uh, slushy mix. Now, it's been a month since a Penticton man was shot and killed in Kamloops. Police are now investigating it as a case of mistaken identity. Rex Edward Gill's family say he loved his kids and his Harley and was in no way involved in organised crime. Kristen Robinson reports. He was my baby. He was a dad. He was a friend. He was somebody you could count on. Rex thought that was pretty cool. Marie Nobles holding on to a table full of memories of her youngest son, 41-year-old Rex Edward Gill. My whole world crashed. I lost my baby. January 23rd. Gill, who was recently laid off from the oil patch, was in Kamloops doing a siding job for a friend when the unthinkable happened. It should never have been him. The Penticton area father gunned down outside the Comfort Inn and Suites in Aberdeen as he stepped out for a smoke. All I could say was no, no, no. 31-year-old Cody Mathieu, who had ties to the Kamloops drug trade, was fatally shot at the Super 8 Motel in Valley View. Police initially believed organized crime was behind both shootings. It was very hurtful, saying it was drug-related. I knew it wasn't. His family knew, his friends knew it wasn't, because that wasn't him. It was painful to hear that. RCMP now saying they're investigating Gill's murder as a possible case of mistaken identity. Too little too late. It took them one hour to say he was involved in drugs, but it took them four weeks to say he wasn't. Gill is being remembered as a dedicated Harley rider. He meant the world. He wasn't my cousin. He was my brother. And proud father to his two boys, 13-year-old Dawson and 16-year-old Dayton. Oh, Seen here at his father's funeral, 
singing one of his father's favorite songs. They need that role model. And it's been taken away from them. All they have now is memories. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Well, despite a number of high-profile shootings and crime in Kamloops, the mayor is now speaking out, saying the city's hotels are still safe for tourists. Since January, three people have died as a result of shootings linked to the drug trade and organised crime. As we just reported, police believing one of the victims, Rex Gill, was killed in a case of mistaken identity. Uh, Some people now questioning whether the public, though, are at risk in these very public places. That's what we're always concerned about in terms of, uh, you know, this kind of violence starting to occur in in public uh, places and and you see these kinds of uh, innocent victims that can be uh, caught in the crossfire, as it were. Uh, So that's of concern. Uh, We have uh, additional resources brought into the Kamloops detachment now, plus uh, every uh, woman and man in our detachment is working around the clock on these files. Well, while motels and hotels have been at the centre of a number of drug-related incidents, the mayor says he doesn't feel there's any reason for visitors to be concerned. Small but noisy rallies were held today in West Vancouver for and against a proposal to bring a beeline transit bus route through the city. As Nadia Stewart now reports, both sides want to make sure City Council hear their voices before a possible decision is made next month. No beeline! No beeline! Marching along Marine Drive for the second time in nearly three months, West Vancouver residents protest a TransLink proposal to bring in beeline buses converting some lanes to buses only. People of West Vancouver do not want their roads closed. They do not want parking taken away from the business district. And the children do not want to have articulated buses running past their school. Protest organizer Nigel Malkin says businesses in Ambleside will take a hit if the proposal gets the green light. He says there wasn't much consultation and there's little evidence to support the need for a beeline. We're not against transit, but we certainly do not need articulated buses with 10 passengers coming down to Dundrape. More bus lanes, less parking spots. But on the other side of this debate are residents and advocates who say the district desperately needs better transit. The idea that the protest group is saying to stop the beeline at Park Royal doesn't make any sense. We've got these 400 students here who struggle to get to Capilano who are having to move to other places to access our only post-secondary institution in North Vancouver. We're forcing students into cars, we're forcing patrons of our businesses into cars and that's just creating far worse congestion. Mayor Marianne Booth says council is listening to both sides. I'm actually sorry the community is so d- divided on this um, and that it's caused so much anxiety, but I'm hoping that council can regain the trust of the community and make a decision where we can find some middle ground on this. TransLink says West Vancouver has the fastest growing ridership on the North Shore. And while Malkin and others question the numbers, TransLink says ridership is only going to climb in the years to come. Nadia Stork, Global News. Police in Metro Vancouver are reminding drivers that speeding will cost you. The Delta Police Traffic Unit nabbing a driver doing 134 kilometres an hour. That is 54 kilometres 
over the speed limit on South Fraser Perimeter Road on Friday. The vehicle was impounded for seven days and the driver was handed a ticket for $368. A day earlier, an Abbotsford police constable was uh, carrying out speed enforcement when he caught an end driver going 136 kilometers an hour in a 50k zone. His dad's car was impounded. The driver also lost his license and received a ticket for excessive speeding. So the message is slow down and watch your speed. Welcome back. Well, the phones have been ringing off the hook at Tourism Kelowna, but it is for all the wrong reasons. Angry business owners have been calling them after they received a bill in the mail. As Kelly Hayes reports, Tourism Kelowna says the invoices are not from them. Tourism Kelowna says it didn't do it. The organization has gone on the offensive after receiving dozens of complaints from area businesses. They're angry after receiving an invoice from a tourism website. But they didn't come from Tourism Kelowna. We've noticed in the past week we're getting phone calls from our stakeholders saying they've received an invoice for a listing on um, a generic tourism website. And they're very concerned because they think it's Tourism Kelowna. They don't know where it's coming from. And Kelowna Tourism doesn't know where it's coming from either. This is the website. It's called Tourism Okanagan. And at first glance, it looks legitimate. It lists places to stay and places to eat, although some of the restaurants listed are no longer in business. Here's a shot of an invoice sent to a business for the amount of $365.40, including GST. And judging by the number of angry phone calls Tourism Kelowna received, hundreds of the invoices were sent out. What is this for? Um, I'm concerned. You've never sent anything like this out before. And then the phones really started ringing the next day from tourism businesses not even necessarily associated with Tourism Kelowna. And they had also received these invoices and they were very concerned that we were doing some kind of mass marketing. This place, it should be somewhere you can have new experiences. For the record, Kelowna Tourism does send out yearly invoices to its more than 400 stakeholders, but it's from Tourism Kelowna not Tourism Okanagan. And to add to the confusion, Kelowna Tourism says the invoices are also being sent to the North and South Okanagan. Our colleagues in Vernon, as well as Penticton Tourism offices, started reporting the same thing. So we've got some uh, very confused, very um, angry people in the hospitality and tourism business right through the Okanagan Valley. Despite the complaints from affected businesses suggesting that the invoices might be a fraud, Kelowna Tourism is hesitant to pick up the phone and call the police. I don't want to be an expert on what the definition of fraudulent is. We're going to gather some more information for sure, and we're certainly going to let the Better Business Bureau know about it. Attempts to contact the owners of the Tourism Okanagan website were unsuccessful. Kelly Hayes, Global News, Kelowna. Hundreds across the country were walking in support of those living on the streets today. It's the annual coldest night of the year event. More than 100 Canadian cities held a walkathon to raise funds and awareness for the hungry and the homeless. The Society to End Homelessness and Burnaby Community Services organised the walk in Burnaby. I think just really recognizing that uh, our economy isn't equally helping everybody and there are people who are really struggling just to try to, to get by day-to-day basis. Uh, when you look at the cost of living, when you look at the cost of housing, cost of food, cost of transportation, even in making a minimum wage, you still can't survive in our community. So people are having to get together, work together in order to, to continue to live, thrive and flourish in Burnaby. 
Someone in BC has just become a multi-millionaire overnight. The winning 25.9 million dollar ticket for last night's Lotto Max jackpot was sold somewhere in the interior. The winning numbers, just in case you want to check, are 6, 31, 33, 34, 43, 44 and 46. And the bonus was 22. The odds of winning a Lotto Max jackpot are just one in 28 million. Easy. This isn't BC's only newest multimillionaire this year. In January, a Surrey woman won 39 and a half million dollars. It makes me cry. I would think it would be awesome if someone actually, uh, as you were Gave rolling out the yes. numbers, if they were, you were rolling, they actually were, were, you know, they happened to have their ticket out. That, just, that they, you delivered the news. Oh, I think you should happened? get a cut of that yeah. because, you know, yeah. maybe they would have thrown it out or something. Yeah, I'll be happy with like 2%. <laughs> anyway, you know her rate, people. <laughs> we'll get to sports in a second with Barry. Let's check the weather with Yvonne Festival. And um, yeah, a bit of snow this morning we were talking about. Yeah, depending on where you are, there were a few pockets that uh, saw some snowfall. Most areas it was so wet, it was not much in terms of accumulation. And then a few areas we did see some rainfall breaks. Uh, here's a glance, though. Areas across the island, we're still seeing some isolated showers, a few areas wet snowfall. That will continue overnight and towards the morning hours, but there is a nice break on the way. The return for some some sunshine for many areas. I'll have the timing of that coming up very shortly. All right. And Spool, what do you got? Well, Canucks are uh, playing tonight against the Islanders at Rogers, so we'll check in with them, see how they're uh, feeling about that matchup. Islanders are a pretty good team, one of the best in the East. And a young man named Tyler Tardy, who uh, curls out of Langley, has won three straight Canadian championships. Well, today he added his second straight World Junior curling championship so i think this kid knows how to play but we'll have highlights <laughs> of that coming up so uh, amazing really to uh, because in junior it's it's 20 and under so he's you only have a limited time to do it and he's pretty much won everything he's ever he's entered doing, so he's a genius he's, he's a curling genius he's a curling exactly. genius Welcome back. Well, in Halifax, there was an outpouring of grief and support at the public funeral of seven children today who died in a house fire on Tuesday. The siblings were all from one family who came to Canada two years ago as Syrian refugees. They came in search of safety, a better life, and for a time had found it. Then the unthinkable fire ripped through their Halifax home in the night, seven children unable to escape, their father critically injured trying to save them, a family shattered. Today, the community that welcomed them with open arms is holding on to those who remain. I've done many funerals, but nothing like this. Halifax's largest mosque not large enough to accommodate the mourners as thousands bid farewell to the Barho children. Ahmed, 15 years old. Rula, 12 years old. Muhammad, 9 years old. Ula, 8 years old. Hala, 3 years old. Rana, 2 years old. Abdullah, 4 months. Their mother, Kauthar, at once surrounded and alone, Family members unable to attend spread out around the world after fleeing the Syrian war. Life is so short. There isn't enough time to love. I don't know where people time find to hate. For parents whose healing has only just begun, a community stands by, ready to offer support. 
as they did nearly two years ago. We are grateful to Calthar and Ibrahim for sharing their family with us this past 16 months. We love them and we love you. Sarah Ritchie, Global News, Halifax. Former NDP MP Paul Dewart was also laid to rest today. Family, friends and fellow politicians filled an Ottawa church to pay their respects. Dewart died on February 6th, a year after doctors diagnosed him with brain cancer, the same form that claimed the life of tragically hit frontman Gord Downey back in 2017. Dewart was being remembered today as a human rights advocate and for having politics as a part of his DNA. He was the MP for Ottawa, for nearly a decade before losing his seat in the 2015 federal election. He leaves behind his wife and two sons. He was 56 years old. The fight for control of Venezuela has led to clashes at border crossings with Colombia. The president of Venezuela ordered the country's borders to be closed as the military fought with protesters today. There are reports at least two demonstrators were killed and 18 others hurt in the fighting. Despite objections from President Nicolas Maduro, opposition leader Juan Guaido has sent off a humanitarian aid convoy of trucks from Colombia. Aid has become the latest flashpoint in the presidential fight for control of this nation. A judge in Chicago has set singer R. Kelly's bond at a million dollars. The 52-year-old appeared in court today after being booked on 10 counts of aggravated sexual abuse involving four alleged victims, including three who were minors at the time. The attorney for R. Kelly expects the R&B singer to leave a Chicago jail once he gathers enough money to post bond. He spent Friday night in police custody after turning himself in to face new criminal charges. A Cook County grand jury indicted Kelly on 10 counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse involving four victims. Authorities say three of them were minors and the alleged crimes happened between 1998 and 2010. In court Saturday, prosecutors described the accusations against Kelly and supporting evidence, including video of a sexual encounter. In the video, the victim repeatedly, repeatedly says she is 14 years old. Kelly, whose first name is Robert, has been dogged by sexual misconduct accusations for decades. But the Me Too movement and a recent Lifetime series surviving R. Kelly put him back in the spotlight. After the show aired, a Chicago prosecutor called for possible victims to come forward. We cannot seek justice without you. Kelly has consistently denied any wrongdoing. His lawyer says Kelly's accusers are lying and out to profit off of his success. You know, right now he's presumed innocent. Um, we haven't seen anything, any reason to believe that these allegations are credible. As conditions to be released on bond, the court required R. Kelly to give up his passport. He's been ordered not to contact any witnesses or potential victims. And he's not allowed to have any contact with anyone under 18 years old. Kelly's next court hearing is set for Monday. Chris Pallone, NBC News. Now to a daring rescue in northeastern China. It's pretty unbelievable. This firefighter is responding to a fire at a high-rise apartment building helped to save a woman hanging from a window. She could be seen hanging onto the windowsill between the 7th and 8th floor, screaming for help. One team was battling the fire. A second rushed upstairs, broke into the suite and pulled the woman back to safety. She was taken to hospital in stable condition. The fire reportedly started by an electric heater. 
In health matters, health officials say the current measles outbreak in Vancouver is a reminder for everyone to check their immunisation status. Doctors say it is safe for the vast majority of people to get vac- vaccinated. The exception are those who have an immune system that's compromised or if you're pregnant. The BC Centre for Disease Control recommends that children are given two doses of the MMR vaccine, the first dose being at one years old and the second between four and six. If as an adult you're not sure you got the shot, you should go to your doctor or pharmacist and talk to them. It's very important that everyone check their immunization records and see if they're up to date on their standard childhood vaccines. Depending on your age, you may, may have missed a dose. So it's important that you check your records. If you're unaware of what your vaccination history is, speak to a pharmacist or a doctor to see if you need the MMR vaccine. It's really important for those people who don't know what the importance is about vaccinations that this is a serious disease that is easily preventable and it's really important that people get vaccinated against the measles. Also in health news tonight, a new poll suggesting people will drink fewer sugary beverages if it is taxed. California researchers polled people across Berkeley about their drinking habits after the city passed a tax on soda back in 2014. They became actually the first city in the U.S. to do so. Residents reported drinking 52% fewer sugary drinks in 2017. That's compared to before the law was passed. People also reported drinking more water, which is never bad news. Welcome back. Well, billions of hours of video have been uploaded to YouTube by both parents and children. We're now learning in the wrong hands that footage can be exploited and even put kids in danger. It's left parents and advertisers asking, are children safe on YouTube? Crown parents and children post hundreds of hours of video to YouTube every minute. But in the comments section, pedophiles gather, posting messages that objectify kids. And YouTube's algorithm suggests similar videos for those watching for the wrong reasons. Two clicks. I'm now in the wormhole. After a YouTube user reported this to the company, advertisers like AT&T, Hasbro, and Disney say they have paused advertising on the Google-owned platform. At YouTube, we never thought about individual people. We just thought about big numbers, like watch time. Guillaume Chaslow helped build a recommendation algorithm at YouTube that keeps you watching. YouTube says it is now changing those algorithms. When you hear corporations saying we're going to change our policies, do you think that will do it? You really have to think in terms of incentives. Uh, A lot of times those changes are not aligned with their uh, financial incentives. Guillaume says he was let go from the company in 2011 after raising concerns about the algorithms. Advertisers like AT&T have pulled out before because of offensive content, so why come back? It's important to advertisers. Um, You can't launch a product really without... um, being on YouTube. The leverage is with YouTube at the end of the day. YouTube says we took immediate action by deleting accounts and channels, reporting illegal activity to authorities, and disabling comments on tens of millions of videos. But videos of children remain everywhere on the platform. And tech watchdogs say parents should steer clear. YouTube is not the right platform to be posting videos of your children. A warning to families in a world where everyone is watching. Jacob Ward, NBC News, Los Angeles. 
Well, before we get to Yvonne and the forecast, we've got a pretty adorable but unusual new family to tell you. Uh, and this is out of Ukraine. Uh, this is where a tiger cub was rejected by its birth mother. It's now been adopted by a dog. The director of a rehab centre says the cub's mother had buried him in straw after she gave birth. Fortunately, staff found him by chance after they heard him crying. When the dog saw the cub, she only waited five minutes before taking care of him. The tiger cub appears to be settling in very well with his new puppy siblings. Um, but I'm kind of wondering how long that's going to go <laughs> for, because as that tiger grows, I got a feeling that puppy's going to want to, that dog's going to kind of want to run away. Yeah, going <laughs> to yeah. grow much bigger and faster than everybody else. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, out there, you got a picture of the snow. Yeah, it's not coming back, is it? No, this is what we <laughs> saw earlier today. Around 10, uh, between 10 and 12 for a few spots, especially Coquitlam, is where we had some pockets of snow. So a couple of photos that were sent in. So thank you very much for everyone that sent them in, tweeted them and emailed them as well. But we did see some flakes flying through the air and it'll be a very different weather picture for tomorrow. Temperatures today climbed up to six. The average for this time of the year sits closer to nine degrees. A look at the beautiful shot of the Lionsgate Bridge this evening with their current temperature sitting at four and a light easterly wind at 15 kilometers per hour. For the interior, minus two for Kelowna, central regions at minus 11. But along the north coast, uh, coastal areas will see the wind chill dipping down with the winds. We've got an Arctic outflow warning and we'll see the wind chill at minus 20 tonight and for your Sunday morning and then it'll start to ease off as the temperatures bump up for the afternoon. Here's the instability that we're still tracking, especially southern and eastern areas right along Nanaimo with some pockets of rainfall light so far but higher elevations could be seeing wet flurries and then it'll start to dissipate and here's the instability that we're seeing tonight. Behind it a nice break and then once again that warning that is in effect. Here's a glance at the future cast as we put it into play. Tomorrow morning we'll still see a chance of showers, even a few wet flurries for the island and then by the noon hour and into the evening it'll much much drier and we will see the return for some sunshine and this continues into early next week. Monday, Tuesday looking fantastic. For the piece over the next three days we are going to see that sunshine temperatures bumping up to minus 15 white horse minus 11 tomorrow, minus 4 back into the minus single digits for early next week. North coast, it'll be really coastal sections overnight and into the morning hours. The wind chills once again, feeling like minus 20. Kitimat and Terrace will be included. Caribou and Central Interior, wind chill for the morning hours tomorrow, minus 25, minus 18 through the day. Columbia and Kootenai region, a few morning fog patches, afternoon sunshine. A chance to see some snowfall will be late on Monday and then easing off to just a chance of flurries for your Tuesday morning. Cloud cover for the morning hours to the top in Okanagan, brightening up for the afternoon. If you're heading along the mountain pass, it's partly cloudy for most areas. Whistler will start to see a nice clearing. The wind chill overnight will be sitting at minus 14. And along the island for the morning hours, still a chance to see showers or wet flurries. And then clearing, and then Monday, Tuesday, sunshine. Our five-day forecast for Metro Vancouver looking very pleasant tomorrow. More cloud cover for the morning hours. Sunshine for the afternoon will bump up to 7 degrees as the high. Monday, Tuesday, we still have windy conditions for areas that are near the water, but we'll be into some sunshine. Wet snow could make a return midweek on Wednesday, but for tomorrow, get out and enjoy it. Temperatures up to seven. Sonia? We're done with the snow. We're yes. so done with the snow. 
Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. All right, it is that time of year where CFL teams across the country are holding auditions for their cheerleading squads. That includes the Montreal Alouettes. Um, their tryouts, though, are a little different than the ones that they've had in the past. This time, they're putting out a call for men. This year's Super Bowl made history when two members of the Los Angeles Rams cheering squad became the first male cheerleaders to ever perform at the biggest football game of the year. This smile hasn't left since we landed. Men had taken to the field before, but usually to help with stunts. This was the first time some took part in a dance routine. The Montreal Alouettes were hoping to follow in the Rams' footsteps. They wanted male dancers to audition for their dance squad at open tryouts on Saturday. It's not that we didn't want them or we didn't ask them to come or anything. It's just, I guess, because in the past, because maybe they were scared of... I don't know, stereotyped or stigma. There were quite a few men who showed up for tryouts, but only for the stunter squad. Those who made the team this time around say there is still a stigma surrounding male cheerleaders dancing. They hope more men would give it a try. Maybe they just might be nervous of the judgment. It's the, the same thing for us. It took a while for male cheerleaders to be accepted. They might think it's not there yet for the dancers, but it is. Nobody, nobody's judging anybody for that. Though no men showed up for dance tryouts Saturday, the team says they're happy to start the conversation in Montreal. They have high hopes that they'll see some come out next year. Felicia Perlo, Global News, Montreal. Okay, what's going on in uh, sports today? A little bit of hockey with that what? team of ours down yes, there at Rogers. That, uh, oh, how are they doing? Are they, they doing tend right? to Well, they're in there. They're yeah. still in there hanging in. Six weeks to go uh, in the regular season. Okay. And they're still hanging in. <laughs> Which is pretty good, considering all the injuries. All right, thanks, Sonny. The Canucks are back at it tonight against the New York Islanders, who happen to own the sixth-best record in the league. They are a quality team. It'll be a tough assignment for the undermanned Canucks, who continue to be without five regular skaters and backup goalie Thatcher Demko due to injury. Unlikely the Canucks will be making any deals for immediate help with the trade deadline less than 48 hours away, but it's uh, still a time that can have the players on edge. You know, our group's got veteran guys that have gone through it. We've got young guys that are trying to stay in the league. And uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot of guys that are sitting there on pins and needles about the trade deadline. So I don't think it's a, it's a huge issue with our team. Last game was tough because I thought we did enough to, at least the first two periods, to win the game. But our last period, we didn't play well. So we, we talked about that and hopefully can, can come up on top. You guys are four back now, 21 games to go. I mean, what's the urgency level in this room now? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think every game is important. We just got to take it a game at a time, but, um, you know, we can't you know, worry too much. I think we got to make sure that we're taking care of our part and, and let everything take, uh, take care of itself. All right, NHL today, Avalanche and Predators. Colorado, three points ahead of Vancouver, a point behind Minnesota for the final wild card. The Avs have played well of late. Three straight wins and a good start. Nathan McKinnon, bullet one-timer over Pekka Rene is 31st. Second period on the power play, West Vancouver's Alex Kerfoot with his 11th. 
2-0 Colorado. And then late in the second, this is a pretty pass play. Gabriel Landeskog, the captain, will finish. Great patience by Samuel Gerrard on the return pass. 3-0 after 2, 5-0 the final. So the Avs now move into a playoff spot, at least for now. Hurricanes and Stars, Dallas currently in the first wildcard spot with 65 points, but plenty of teams in pursuit. Canes also in a wildcard battle in the East strike first. Lucas Walmark makes it 1-0. Second period, more from Carolina. Two-man power play, Justin Falk walks in and wires it home. 3-0 the final. Hurricanes move past Pittsburgh into the final wild card spot in the East. And Blues and Bruins. St. Louis on an 11, or had their 11-game win streak snapped the other night in Dallas. Started a new one today against the Bruins. Alex Steen ripping it short side on Tuka Rask. But in the second, Boston will tie it. Chris Wagner all by himself down the wing will score there past Jordan Binnington. Stays that way through overtime. So in the shootout, Sammy Blay. How about that move? Outweights Rask and then goes under the crossbar. What a play. So it's up to Langley's Danton Heinen. But he fires wide. Blues take it 2-1. Binnington, by the way, 14-2-1 since being recalled from the minors in late December. Habs and Leafs in Toronto. Leafs have lost three straight. Habs have won two in a row. Canadians had a fantastic first period. Already up 1-0. Thomas Tatar scoring there past Freddie Anderson, his 21st. And then on the power play, Jeff Petrie. All sorts of time. Walks in, walks in, and fires a laser. His 11th. That's a great shot. 3-0 Canadians after one. Second period, now 3-1. Tyler Ennis on the backdoor feed from Patrick Marlowe. So 3-2 after two. And then in the third, Toronto's going to tie it up. They dump it in. Puck takes a crazy carom off the boards. Thank you, says William Nylander. And the Leafs have just added another. So they're up 4-3 late in the third. Canadian tennis fans, here comes another young gun. It's 18-year-old Felix Auger-Aliassime of Montreal. Semis today at the Rio Open in Brazil, and the kid showed why many are predicting he will be at least as good as Denis Shapovalov. Bangs the ace to go up three loves against Argentina's Pablo Cuevas. Later in the set, Auger-Aliassime with the fantastic drop shot. Disguised that nicely. Goes up 4-1 in the third set. Now to match point, and Felix has the point set up perfectly. He's got a routine overhead here. He kind of guides it. Quavo sends it back. Another chance, and ooh, nets it. Understandably a little bit nerves uh, shown there by the 18-year-old with that final beckoning. But he steadies himself, and on his next match point will not be denied. Confidently swats the forehand winner. And Felix Oje Aliasim becomes the youngest player ever to make it to an ATP 500 Series final, winning it in three sets. Exciting stuff for Canadian tennis. That final goes tomorrow. Welcome back. Just a few weeks ago, Tyler Tardy made Canadian curling history, becoming the first curler to ever win three straight Canadian junior championships. He has the option to actually come back to win a fourth straight next January at his home club in Langley. But he's also the defending world junior champ, and he was looking to go back-to-back today as his rink took on Switzerland in the gold medal game. World juniors taking place in Liverpool, Nova Scotia this week. Fourth end, leading 2-1, wide open hit for three, and he's not going to miss that. Canada jumps out to a 5-1 lead on the Swiss. Then in the seventh, 
Leading 7-2, Tyler throwing the big weight, which he loves to do, and he's good at it. Spills these uh, two yellow Swiss rocks, scores two more to go up 9-2, and Tyler Tardy and his Canadian rink go on to win it 9-4 to take their second straight World Junior title. The young man from Langley just keeps winning everything. It's unbelievable. I don't really know how, what single word could describe how I'm feeling. It's it was un- unbelievable to win it once, and uh, to, to do it twice is just incredible, especially in doing it here in Canada. <coughs> in Nova Scotia, the 3-4 page playoff game, Ontario-Northern Ontario. Rachel Holman on her way to the semis, seals the deal with a double takeout in 10, wins 6-4. Holman, of course, has won the Scotties three times the last time in 2017. Meanwhile, in the 1-2 playoff game, Alberta-Saskatchewan. Winner goes straight to the final. Loser gets another chance in the semifinal. Second end, Saskatchewan's Robin Silvernagel with an opportunity to take the lead. It's a draw for three, and that's perfect weight from Silvernagel. Scores three, and Saskatchewan leads it three to two. Alberta's Chelsea Carey, first this week in the round robin at nine and two, and she shows her quality right here. Just squeezes by that top guard, tap back for four, and Alberta wins 11-7. So they go to the final tomorrow night. Saskatchewan and Ontario meet in the semis tomorrow morning. Third round of the WGC Mexico Championship. Dustin Johnson has led from the start, and he has bombed away at elevation in Mexico City. How's this? 367-yard par four with driver. Almost carries it the entire way to the green. It was a blind shot, so he didn't see how fantastic it turned out. Four feet away, made the eagle. Johnson leads at 16-under. Tiger Woods had it going today. A long birdie putt at 13 here. Got it to 8-under but finished with a double and a bogey late in his round, so Tiger slides back to minus six, tied for ninth. Rory McIlroy in second, four shots behind Johnson. No Canadians in the field, and Roger Sloan of Merritt, 14th after three rounds at the PGA Tour event in Puerto Rico. And that is it for sports. We're back with more after this. Here's a look at your snow report for today with lots of fresh snow for many of the mountains. 15 new centimeters for Whistler Blackcomb, 14 for Grouse, Cypress 17 new centimeters and Sasquatch at 24. 7 new centimeters for Revelstoke, a whopping 55 new centimeters for Fernie, 10 for Manning Park and Whitewater 5. 48 new centimeters for Big White, 18 for Silver Star and 11 for Sun Peaks. Kicking horse with a base of 174, two new centimeters for Mount Washington, and five for Powder King. All right, finally tonight, a Vancouver Island hotel had some fun with two recent guests who had a unique room request. The Inn at Laurel Point tweeting that they just improved on what Sarah and her boyfriend asked for. The Nanaimo couple requested a picture of Channing Tatum be placed in uh, their guest room during Valentine's week. But as you can see, the Laurel Point instead uh, put up a photo of Ryan Reynolds on the bed, along with a note saying they like to support local, including heartthrobs. Staff also wrote that they could still find a photo of Channing Tatum, but it was in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> we say we'd take Ryan over Channing any day. Absolutely. Right? Yes, Baron. Local is best. Oh, yes, me too. Me too. All right. Thanks Three very for much. for Ryan. <laughs> for watching. Good night. Good night.